Oh, praise God. God is so good. I'm telling you, I'm excited about what God is doing. And uh, he's working in the midst of the, the storms in our lives. Amen. And today I, I'm uh, today is healing Sunday. And we at Exceed Life Church, we like to I like to minister on healing once a month because um, I really believe the enemy attacks us in three areas. One is in our health. Another is in our finances. And another is with our relationships. And so really we need to. The Bible says, how do you get faith? You get faith by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if, if when I minister these messages on healing, um, it, it should embolden your faith so that you can receive what the promises of God's word says that we can receive. Amen. And so the title of this sermon is Miracle Keys. Miracle Keys. You know, when I look at the Bible, um, the whole Bible is a miracle. How the Bible came to us is a miracle. Everybody that seems like that God interacted with in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, most of these people, um, God performed miracles for. And so God is a God of miracles. Say that. God is a God of miracles. And so I'm believing that God's going to work some miracles out of even what's going on with the coronavirus. God's going to work miracles. And so my question to you today, are you believing for a miracle? You know, uh, there was this one famous uh, minister evangelist, um, Oral Roberts, and he had tent meetings back in the 50s. And he would preach and he would have people that would come to him that that needed miracles. They were people that medical science has given up on. And they would come to us meeting these people. Some of these people had cancer and they had other issues. And he would pray for them and God would do miracles in this tent meeting and in his tent meetings. And and it was pretty awesome. And and he would he was on TV for a time and he would he would sing a song. Something good is going to happen to you this very day, this very day. Do you like my singing? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, you got to believe that something good is going to happen to you. I think we can look at the news. We can look at all the bad that's happening, all the people that are perishing. But we're not seeing all the people that are surviving. And somebody said 97 percent of the people are actually surviving the coronavirus. So we need to talk about all the survivors, not just those that are uh, perhaps uh, dying of of this virus. Amen. So God is working miracles in our midst. And so I believe that you you got to get up every day and you got to become a believing believer. Amen. You have to start believing that God is the God of miracles. Amen. And I, I looked up miracle by the Webster's Dictionary and it says a miracle is an extraordinary event manifesting divine intervention in human affairs. That's that's pretty awesome. And then it says the as of the healing miracles described in the Gospels. So that was in the Webster's Dictionary. So they use the healing miracles of Jesus as the uh, as divine intervention in human affairs. So I broke it down like this. A miracle is God's intervention to human problems. So it's it's God coming in 
to the problems of mankind. And so God delights to come in to our problems. God delights to do miracles in the midst of darkness. God delights in, in doing this. And, and uh, Psalm 77, 14 says, you are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. So God delights in doing miracles. Amen. Uh, Job 5, 9 says this. He, talking about God, performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. Amen. Jeremiah 32, 27 says this. I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? So nothing is too hard for God. I'm telling you, I, I, by the time I'm done with this sermon, you should be running around your house. Glory to God and shout in the glory of God. I might have to some of the people that are watching right here, the nine people here, or eight people here. You guys are going to have to contain yourselves when I get done with this sermon. Amen. Glory to God. Contain yourself. Hallelujah. And so and so the number one key, uh, I'm going to talk to you about miracle keys. Amen. And um, and so, in other words, your key to receive a miracle and the number one key to receive a miracle is that you uh, the number one key is that you have to recognize that you need a miracle. (laughs) In other words, the number one key for you to get a miracle is to have a problem. (laughs) And number one key, in other words, you've got to have a problem to to have a promise attached to it to get rid of the, the problem. And so. Uh, uh, the number one key. So we don't want to lose sight that we need a miracle. I think sometimes we um, get in, in our lives and sometimes we're dealing with issues and problems. And for some of us, that has been dealing with issues and problems longer than a week, maybe longer than a month. Maybe it's going on for a year or two years. Sometimes we settle into the problem. But I'm going to say don't settle in to the problem. I'm going to say this, that you, you can't get to the place where you settle in. You've got to continue to believe that perhaps maybe today is your miracle day. And I believe today can be your miracle day. John 5, 1 through 9. And this is a story about Jesus. And um, let's read this. It says, after there was a feast of the Jews, Jesus went up to Jerusalem now now there in Jerusalem by the sheep gate of pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda. And having five porches in these laid a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first after the stirring of the water was made well of whatever disease he had. Now, a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in the condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise, take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. So um, we see here in this uh, account 
we see here that there was a place where the sick would gather. And um, it, it was a place called uh, uh, Bethesda. And in the Aramaic, it means house of mercy. And, uh, you know, in a sense, the church is a house of mercy. And so this man, it says that, that there were sick that were there and they would try to get into the pool when an angel would stir it up and some would get healed uh, through that. And so this man was was waiting for somebody to help him to get in that pool or to try to get in there before somebody else. And we noticed that this man just seemed like he could not get the help. You know, you know, man can only help so far, but God can help to the utmost. And so here Jesus came and Jesus saw this man. And now he was he had an infirmity. We don't know exactly what was wrong with him. We don't know what exactly, but he was dealing with something for 38 years. That's a long time. And so, but Jesus saw him in his misery. And Jesus, it was interesting. Jesus asked him, do you want to be made well? You know, that's an interesting question because some people that have sicknesses and uh, it has some infirmities, sometimes they wear that as a badge of honor. Sometimes they want to tell people the, the weaknesses they're dealing with so people can receive, uh, give them, uh, you know, uh, sympathy. Or that they can feel like, look, you know, they, they, they wear it as a badge of honor, as in it can be a sense of pride in their life. Look at the cross that I'm bearing for Jesus. So we don't want to use sickness as a cross that we're bearing for Jesus. No, Jesus already bore that cross of sickness when he received stripes on his body. We don't want to wear sickness as a badge of pride saying, look how holy I am. I can endure this and still go to church. No, 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 no. Jesus paid the price so that we don't have to endure sickness and pain and we have to learn to receive it. So so Jesus asked this man, uh, 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 do you want to get well? And it's interesting that the man, I would think, you know, if I was there, I would said, yes. <laughs> but he said, there, you know, there's no, there's nobody that will help me get in that pool. He was focused on one way to get healed was to get in that pool where an angel would stir it up. But, but, you know, Jesus is the healer. Amen. You know, some people and some, unfortunately, some ministers and some denominations will teach that God doesn't do miracles anymore. Some teach that all the miracles were done and it was just in the Bible. It was just to verify that the Bible is a true book. But I don't believe that. And the reason why I don't believe that is because the Bible says that Jesus is the same yesterday, today and forever. God is not the God of I was. He's the God of I am. So he's the I am God. And what does that mean? He's the God that what you need at that particular time, you need it. Whatever you need, if, if you, whatever blessing you need, he's the, not the God of I was. No, he's the God of I am. Amen. He is whoever you need him to be in your crisis of life. Amen. We need to put the big C Christ over the crisis in our lives. And I think even what, what's going on with this pandemic 
hopefully that's moving some of us closer to God. Hopefully we're, we're seeing that we're in the last days, that, that Jesus already predicted these things would come in the last days. And that even with our freedoms being shut down, we can see that we're in the last days. Amen. Amen. But you know what? Jesus came to free us. Amen. From the tyranny of sin and death. Amen. So we see here that this man was sick for 38 years and he was at the pool. And then Jesus said, do you want to be weighed well? And he said, there's no man that can help me. Yes, we don't want to put our faith and trust in man. Thank God that they can. Medical science, thank God for it. I, I, don't, I believe in doctors. If I need to go to one, I will. But let's put our faith and trust in Jesus. Let's become believing believers. And so we see this and, and it's interesting that in John 5 verse 14, uh, Jesus actually, the man didn't know it was Jesus that set him free. He was, uh, well, let's go back to the story. Jesus said to the man, get up, take up your pallet and walk. What Jesus was saying is, don't come back to this place because you don't need it. In other words, don't come back to a place where you need to get into a pool. Don't camp in your sickness anymore. Get your pallet and start walking. In other words, there's a song that I listened to put out by one musician. And he says, soldier, keep on walking. There's a line in the song. Soldiers, I'm going to say this. We're soldiers in the army of God. And no matter what's hitting us, we keep walking. We keep walking towards the glory of God. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We keep, keep walking, soldier. We keep walking. And that's what Jesus said. Take up your pallet and start walking. Amen. In other words, walk into the destiny that God's called you to walk into. And I believe that, that whatever, all these trials and tribulations that's coming in to this earth realm, it's waking people up to start walking in the destiny that God's calling us to walk in. Can I get an amen? amen. Glory to God. Help me preach it this morning. And then, it's, then Jesus found him in the temple in John 5 verse 14 and said to him, see, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. This is interesting because it appears that this man's sin opened the door for the devil to come in. In other words, his sin, the man's sin gave the devil legal right to attack his body. And so, so Jesus was saying to him, you know, don't go back into a lifestyle that goes against God's word. See, once we receive God's blessing in our life, there's a response that we, it's a responsibility to God's grace and his blessings on our life. What's that responsibility? For us to start walking with God. Amen. Amen. And so what, what was Jesus saying? He was saying, don't go back in that sin anymore. Now you're made free, but don't go back into that. Why? Because you don't want bondage to come on you and you don't want anything worse coming on you. Amen. Amen. And what's the worst thing? Well, he could end up in hell for his sin. That could be the worst thing. Amen. But praise God. Jesus's grace is with us. And as long as we acknowledge 
The Bible says he that doesn't acknowledge his sin uh, calls God a liar. But when we acknowledge our sin, when we acknowledge to God, there's areas in our life that we need fixed. And we come to him and we ask forgiveness. What does he do? His blood washes us and cleanses us from all unrighteousness. And you may say, well, I've messed up many more times and I prayed that prayer. Well, guess what? Every time you pray that prayer in sincerity of heart, then all the times before that is washed away and you only missed it that one time. Does that make sense? In other words, God forgets your sin. He puts it under the blood. He casts your sin as far as the east is from the west. So sometimes we count how many times we sin. But God doesn't count it against us when we repent of our sins and he washes us and he cleanses us. What? From all unrighteousness. That's good news. In other words, we have right standing with God again. Amen. In other words, you might be dealing with some issues in your life, but keep repenting. Keep asking God's grace to come in. Amen. And his grace will come in and strengthen you and you will do those things less and less until you're walking in purity like God wants you to walk in. Amen. The second key for a a, a miracle, you know, we have to recognize that we need a miracle. In other words, we need to call on God. We don't need a call on, you know, when we encounter a trial or tribulation, a disease or whatever, we need to call on God. Amen. Amen. And uh, we need to do that. And that's humility. The number two key is that we must have a passionate desire uh, for a miracle in spite of our obstacles. In other words, we must have a desire to be healed. We must have a desire to be delivered. And that desire can't be a so-so desire. Oh, I can live with it. I can live with this problem. No, we have to have a desire that's a passionate desire for that thing to get out of our life. Whatever you're dealing with. If it's poverty, it, it, you have to have a passionate desire that, you, that poverty is not going to be in your life. You've got to have a passionate desire that sickness is not going to be in your life. Passion, what passion really is, is a hatred towards a thing that's taken, that's taken away from your life. You got to hate sickness. You got to hate poverty. You got to hate sin. You got to hate that. You got, you you don't, in other words, you're not going to allow it to be in your life. So when you get passionate, see, I believe Jesus was passionate. He was passionate in setting people free. He was passionate in setting the captives free. Amen. And so we got to get a revelation on that. Let's look at this story in Mark uh, chapter two, one through twelve. And um, it says, and again, he entered into Capernaum talking about Jesus. After some days, it was heard that he was in that in the house. That's interesting the way he said he was in the house. And some people believe that that's talking that Jesus Uh, owned his own home. Amen. So he's in the house. Jesus is in his own house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them. So Jesus was having a house meeting and not even, and and there were so many people that the house was totally full, not even uh, near the door. And he preached the word to them, talking about Jesus. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, 
they uncovered the roof where he was. So then they had broken through. They let down the bed in which a paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, notice that Jesus saw their faith. He said to the paralytic, sons, son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes are sitting there reasoning in their hearts. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sin but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why do you reason about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you or say, arise, take up your bed and walk. Notice Jesus uh, uh, uh had the ability to forgive sins. Why? Because Jesus is God in the flesh. Jesus is not some good prophet, some good teacher. No, he's, he's, the, he's God in the flesh. He's the son of God, anointed by the Holy Spirit. And he, and he has all rights, all rights given to the Father to him to even judge mankind. Jesus is our judge. Amen. And it says here, but that you may know that the Son of Man and his power on, has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. And immediately he rose, took up his bed and went out in the presence of them all. So that all were amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw anything like this. So we see here that um, that. You have to have, you know, my second key is you have to have a passion, desire to overcome all obstacles that will try to keep you from obtaining your miracle. So we see here that the four uh, that that this man had four friends and we see that that the obstacles were there was too many people in Jesus's house. It was they had crowds there. There was no way they could get in to see Jesus. So what did they do? They thought we can get on top of the roof. And they said, we're going to get on top of this roof. And they overcame the obstacles. It, they overcame the, the resistance, if I may. And they got up on the roof and it took faith. They said it was the faith of their friends that Jesus saw. But it even took faith of that, of that paralytic to allow them to haul him up on top of that roof. Think about that. And uh, so, you know, they, they're pulling this man up on top of a roof and they tear a hole on, on top of the roof and they let this man down. Talk, talking about getting serious <laughs> about getting a healing. In other words, they were going to take no for an answer. See, if, you, if you're going to approach God, you've got to get to a place in your faith that you're not going to take no for an answer. Because God is not the God of no. He's the God of yes. He's a God of amen and yes. The promise, the God, God's word says his promises are yes and amen. Amen. His promises. God's promises. Can I get a witness in the house this morning? I, I think I'm preaching myself happy. I'm about ready to run around this room. Glory to God. So, so are you listening to what I'm saying today? And so when, when they drop this man down in the front of the crowd, Jesus saw their faith. And said to the man, your sins are forgiven. Think about that. Woo, glory to God. I'm going to say this to you this morning. If you are a blood-bought Christian, if you've received Jesus in your heart and you're walking with God, your sins are forgiven. Woo, that's good news. In other words, you're not under the law. You're under the grace of God. 
And are you listening to what I'm saying? And in his grace, it's abundant life. In his grace, it's provision. In his grace, it's health and healing. Somebody say, I'm under the grace. Glory to God. I'm under the grace this morning, Thomas. You're under the grace, glory to God. You're under the grace, Arlene. Glory to God. You're under the grace, Michael and James. Say, I'm under the grace. Amen. In other words, we're under the blessings of heaven. Glory to God. Why? Because our sins have been washed away and we're in right standing with God the Father. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Man, I'm, I'm preaching myself happy this morning. And so reason why he said to this man, your sins are forgiven, because you've got to take condemnation off of people before they can receive the blessings of God. In other words, we, the Bible says if you have confidence with God, then you know that God hears you. And if you know that God hears you, you have the petitions answered. And so when we have confidence in God and we believe his word and we believe his blood cleanses us from all unrighteousness, then we have nothing holding us back from the blessing of healing and a miracle. And so when he said, son, your sins are forgiven... Like he's saying to us, your church, your sins are forgiven. Receive the blessing. And so he said, take up your pallet and walk again. He's saying, get up and start walking away from sickness. Start walking away from poverty. Start walking away from sin. Glory to God. And start walking in the glory of God. Glory. I'm going to have to watch this sermon over again. Glory to God. I'm, I'm preaching myself happy. So we got we to gotta walk. Keep walking. Amen. Somebody say keep walking. Keep walking. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So, so we, must, we must have a passionate desire and we must, that overcomes all obstacles that will try to keep us from coming to church or from coming, uh, coming in online. I remember a lady that came to uh, my church a few years back, many years back. And I was a new pastor and uh, we were having a service. It was a Sunday night service and uh, we were having a uh, service. And uh, this lady uh, was dealing with a herniated disc. She had excruciating pain in her back. Uh, She came in our church on a Sunday night and she was on a walk uh, on crutches. And she got to her church and she said she needed prayer. She needed healing. And, uh, and she was going to go to the doctors. Uh, I think she was scheduled to go for surgery to, to, for her back, for her herniated disc. And, um, and so, but we are believers in this church. And we believe that God still does miracles. And so I prayed with her as well as other people in the church for a miracle. And God did a miracle that Sunday night. All the pain left her body and she she started screaming, praise God, praise God. And she left our building with her crutches. She left the crutches behind. And she was and she was totally healed that Sunday night. She went to the doctors and they said, you don't even have a herniated disc any longer. She she came back to church a week. She had a bag full of medicine, pain relievers, all that. She says, I don't need these anymore. And she and she showed the bag. She she was totally healed. Why? And and she she went to her neighbor and said, I got to get to church. And I and our church was close to where she lived. 
And she basically said to her neighbor, if you don't drive me over there, I'm walking. <laughs> in other words, keep walking. Tune in next week for the completion of this message. We would like to invite you to join us Sunday morning at 4136 Holland Road, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Service starts at 1030 a.m. Nurseries and Children's Church provided. This broadcast is made possible by the Congregation of Exceed Life Church. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.